0: Yeah. Art root blue. Aye, aye, yeah. you're listening to Art Root Radio and I'm your host artist Michelle Lockery. Today in the studio we have um, a professional artist named Raven Zeller. I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting Raven but I have seen her work from afar and it's quite outstanding. She has um, a vision and her Intuitive paintings really take your breath away when you see them. They're very inspiringly, surprisingly, this pull to another world. And um, I reached out to her and um, we all kind of, as artists do, kind of watch each other from afar. So I asked her to climb up my scaffolding because it's, it's very interesting for me to try and see if the digital realm can act like the scaffolding did and to try to meet people, especially in these times where we've been challenged to use other mediums. It was um, really cool to find out that, you know, the art itself has a draw to connect us and to um, make us use a giant abstract crayon to connect with people, your tribe, your group, or just other women who maybe see the world through a lens that's similar to the kaleidoscope you use, and maybe together some really important conversations can happen. And if not, you also just, you know, have made a new friend, and I believe I've made a new friend in Raven. That's pretty exciting. So grab a tea, take a listen, as Raven and I talk All sorts of really cool things. Good morning, Raven. Welcome to Art Root Radio.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: So before we've like pushed the button to record, um, you and I were yapping and we haven't even met.
1: No, I know. (laughs) I think we put in a good solid 20 minutes of talking (laughs) before we even started. It's lovely.
0: Well, what's really interesting is all my years on the wall, I'd be sitting on scaffolding and people would walk by and I would go, hey, and they would go, hey, and we would end up working together. And I think you just walked by the scaffolding.
1: Oh, I'm so glad I did. Thank you. (laughs) It's wonderful. So tell me,
0: tell me about you and your art practice.
1: Okay. Oh, gosh, where do I start? Um, Oh, wow. Wow. Mm, let me think about where to start here. Well, about me, I'll just kind of give the basics. Um, I've lived in Vernon for about six years now. I was born in Manitoba, but mostly grew up on the coast in Vancouver in a little village, which has now kind of grown into something something bigger. But at the time, it was a little little area, a little corner of Vancouver called Deep Cove. Um, and I grew up there and lived on the coast most of my life, a few stints in places like Toronto and whatnot, but, um, decided to move out here with my young family six years ago just because we wanted to get off the coast and it wasn't the lifestyle for us anymore. Um, and I love it here. I love the Okanagan. I love Vernon. This is absolutely home. What was the other question? Just about my art process? Is it, that what you
0: Well, said? kind of. Like, I always... On the podcast, or when you meet somebody, when did you know that the arts was your your thing?
1: Um, well, that is quite a quite a story. <laughs> I knew the arts was my thing the moment I picked up a crayon. <laughs> that I knew, I knew as a child when I was a little girl. I spent probably, you know, when lots of the kids were out playing and doing cartwheels in the grass, like, you know, I did that stuff, but I just wanted to be drawing and coloring all the time. I remember as a child saying to my mom, like, I felt like I could taste color when I saw it. Um, and it's, yeah, I spent so much time drawing, coloring, creating, writing books just so I could illustrate them and painting and whatnot. Um, I remember as a little girl, when I grew up, I wanted to either be an artist, a zebra, or a waitress. <laughs> and I told my class that in grade one and got so heckled for it. I just I love it. Wait- I, I did the waitress thing. I still haven't figured out how to be a zebra. Okay. <laughs> and the artist thing, I, you know, I'm finally really getting going with it. So, yeah. Um, yeah it was really a focus for me when I hit high school I had an unbelievable art teacher uh Julia Vernon Vernon of all names um and you know I wasn't I wasn't a student that fit well into the system um you know I think we chatted a bit about that before before um the podcast but I uh yeah, I just didn't fit into the school system very well. And I had this amazing art teacher who just let me hide in the art room. Sometimes I know she knew I was supposed to be at other classes. <laughs> um, but she she knew, like, it was a solace for me. It was a safe place to go, and just I could just be relaxed there and just be myself. And by the time I had completed grade nine, um, I had done pretty much every art class available in the high school. So she let me be her teacher's assistant, and I became a TA from then on out because I kind of I'd already gotten all the credits I could get, right? And that was my plan. I was going to be an artist. This teacher, she was so unbelievable. Um, really, I you know I had a pretty I struggled as a teen a lot. I know that's not unique, um, but I really I really struggled and and um, had like crushing look crushingly low self-esteem at the time and she just she just saw right through it all and the way she was the most eccentric lady you know um, yeah I kind of going off here but I just I think now that I'm older and I'm I'm becoming more established in an art career I'm seeing in hindsight how huge the effect is she had on me um, and uh, so when I was I guess about, 15 or 16 she started to encourage me to get my art out there more and she got me in a movie with my art which was unbelievable um at emily carr a movie was being filmed and i was just an extra but my art was featured in the movie um and so that was the first taste of oh (laughs) this could really be something you know like they they picked my artwork and i got oh i got a little paycheck at the end and and um yeah, so that was that was my goal out of high or coming out of grade twelve. I applied to a couple um, art schools, and I did get in, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you know the perfect <clears throat> storm of a few things: um, not having the financing to go, um, and at the same time, you know, I mentioned crushingly low self esteem at the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? So there was a worthiness piece around that, um, and you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest, you know, I, I used to be a lot more private, and I, oh, I guess I still am, but there's this part of me that realizes, you know, sharing our stories really can help, and make a difference sometimes. Um, so I, I actually struggled with drug addiction. Um, and so at the time, when I was 18, and it was like, okay, I got into art school and I can really get my life together and figure out how to pay for it, or I could just tap out. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I did. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of there's a, a few blurry years there, and I got myself clean in my, um, into my 20s and just became part of the corporate world, Right. Um, and in that time I didn't share with anybody, like I just stopped, I stopped drawing, I stopped, I stopped painting, I stopped doing everything. I found when I tried to create, I felt like such a high anxiety that, um, it, it just was, (laughs) I couldn't get past this block I had put up in myself. So yeah, it's interesting because since I've, you know, just to jump ahead, you know, since I started putting my art out there, there's a lot of people who've known me for a few decades who are like, I didn't even know you, I didn't even know you were into that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, that was like my, my heart's desire, you know, the first 18 years of my life, right? That's all I wanted to do, a small well, side of being a zebra. But, uh,
0: <laughs> I think you are a zebra, I'm picturing you as a zebra. <laughs> you know, that you are not alone, like so in my career i am um, same i seriously sitting here the first time i picked up an orange crayon was when i knew and um didn't fit in school Ugh, horrendous high school that's that's always the story and same thing i had an opportunity to go to school the finances weren't available and i just i ended up as a mom <laughs> an unwed mom <laughs> at a very young age and um then tried to find my path and the reason i do my projects is i see So many incredibly talented young people that just don't fit that path and low self esteem, and it was an art teacher that helped me.
1: Amazing, amazing, and it just takes that one. Hey, yeah, like it's and yeah, it's amazing. And like I said, you know, I appreciated her at the time. She also intimidated me because she was like a wild woman. Yeah, you know, she was so (laughs) she was so. Different than anybody, everybody had like dark black eyeliner. And she was probably, you know, I, I have no idea how old she was but from a 15 year old's perspective. She could have been 40, but in my mind, you know, she yep. might have been 50. I have no idea. Um, but she just, she, yeah, she I remember she wore all black, had a black bob, black eyeliner, and just was, you know, she would say these things and she'd look right into you. And, you know, she just, she didn't talk like any other adult I knew you know, and, and I remember, you know, I, I, I struggled. I didn't get good grades. Um, you know, and, and in hindsight, I'm like, it had nothing to do with my IQ level. It was just that the system and circumstances of my life at the time. And I remember her just saying to me, you're brilliant. Just, you're brilliant. Like get over it, right. Get over, get over it, (laughs) get over yourself, you know? And, and, um, and I, I remember going into the art room and, you know, I, you know, secretly I was skipping math class. She didn't ask, <laughs> I didn't tell, right? Yeah. And she had she had a huge bucket of, you know, like the, the I'm not a potter, so please excuse if I'm getting it wrong. But like, you know, the really watered down clay, like that you used to put in a mold?
0: Don't they call it slip and, or something?
1: What, what's it called? Sorry. I think it's
0: called slip, but I'm not sure I'm not a potter either, so I don't know.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I apologize to the potters out there. I, ceramics I haven't delved into too much yet. But she had a huge, like massive multiple liter bucket of it. And she would I'd walk in the class and she'd know, like, wouldn't even say a word, and she'd just take the lid off and I'd stick my arm in it. <laughs> oh. And she would just move my arm around and feel the sensation I remember being like cold and then getting warmer and warmer from my body heat. And she'd be like She's like, it's so good, isn't it? I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> she's like, you could just stay here for a while. I'm like, thanks. You know, like it like that, that even a little thing like that, like it got me through. It got me through. And she didn't ask a lot, you know, she didn't pry. But I know she knew, right? Like to some degree that this is just this was the place. This was the place where I could just fully let go of any anxieties I was carrying. And as I look back now, and I'm like, that's, that had such an impact on my life, you know? A little thing like that teacher maybe not being there, maybe I wouldn't have graduated. I don't know. Anyway,
0: it's, yeah. No, I'm so. sitting here in <laughs> awe of you because that's exactly what happened to me, and I, there, a mural happened, and all the cool girls, the older girls in the art class were painting this mural, and I'll never forget it. And mm-hmm. the art teacher's name was Timmy, and she was so same thing. She was a wild thing, and definitely... Well will say didn't fit my small coal mining town. And uh, she just, and she'd say, and she'd just hand me projects. And, I mean, I know I was smart and I and had the IQ to do it, but I couldn't stand filling in the boxes, couldn't stand mm-hmm. colouring in the lines, right? And she would just let me sit there, and I would listen to Story Story Nights. She'd play it over and over again, and I would create, oh,
1: uh, right? The, uh, yeah, what's, is that Vincent?
0: Van Gogh's uh,
1: no, song? Don McLean, that's uh.
0: Yeah. 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 And to this day when I hear that song, I think about sitting in that class, big glasses, buck teeth, tall, gawky, not fitting in anywhere, and just feeling at home in that art class.
1: Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps just hearing your story. <laughs> well,
0: and you know, it's there's hundreds of stories and that self esteem I always see people go when you see kids on the street as whatever, and I go, They're just beautiful budgies. They're sitting on the line in all their colors. Bring them to the community. They're your creators. You know, and it's you, I, my daughter, I I just, hundreds of stories. Why do we have to go through that? It's just, I guess maybe it is part of the artistic process is that we have to struggle. I don't know. I don't like to think Mm -hmm. that. But, I mean, you have to deconstruct to construct, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, you know, like, I think, like, I also, I, you know, I, I I only, you know, can speak to my own story. And I think, even though it it could seemingly seem like there was wasted years, where I, like, because I, for at least, at least 15 years, I didn't do anything, like, nothing artistic at all. Um, And... It could be seen as wasted years, but I look at what I went through in my life during that time, and then when it finally just all burst out of me, I'm like, I, you know, like, if I look back to how I was, how I was artistically, yes, like, talking about the self-esteem piece, but even, like, I, 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 when I would create, I would feel this anxiety and this tension, but this longing to do it, but also Mm
0: this
1: internal resistance and it almost felt like i was trying to you know color within the lines too well right yeah create like it had to be something beautiful it had to be something it had to be something beautiful it had to be meaningful it had to be unique it had to be this or it had to look you know like if i was doing you know like a portrait style painting it had to be just perfect and then when i finally came back around to art a handful of a few years ago i'm like oh no I'm an abstract artist, and I do best completely out of the line, right, <laughs> and and I didn't know that, but it took this, this life journey through these last couple of decades to get there, and, you know, like, it, it was interesting, so I'll just kind of quickly fast forward the story, but, so I didn't do anything through my 20s, like I said, I, I got clean um, in my early 20s, and I really dove deep into meditation practice that was my path to you know kind of self-regulating and dealing with my anxiety because drug use a huge part of that was the anxiety piece right yeah um and another aspect of it is you know this is this, this is kind of I'm jumping all over don't that's
0: I? okay no, no I love this, it
1: is what this is a big piece of my art now is I was a very very sensitive child and Sensitive to feelings, but also like, and this is something that I still feel sometimes uncomfortable to say out loud. Um, but um, I like I saw energies quite yep. easily, yeah. And I was raised in a Catholic family. You know, everyone did their best, but that wasn't well received. Yep. <laughs> So I, I bottled that up, right? Because anytime I tried to share what I was seeing and experiencing, it was like, ooh, here's the Bible, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, and so it's interesting because the, like, I really squelched that part of myself too, which I think also added to the anxiety, right? I wasn't flowing. And, um So through my 20s, I really dove deep into my spiritual practice and fascinated with esoteric and esoterica and meditation. And so that's kind of what, you know, the next phase of my life was. And then I got married and had kids and did the young mom or the mom with the young kids thing and the daycare and all this stuff. And through all this wasn't creating... Um, and still it was always in the niggling in the back of my mind, but I was like, oh no, no, I'm not an artist. You don't know no, that that was just a, you know, a fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, about in 2018, I guess it was my life just hit this really intense period. Um, you know, people say the term dark night of the soul yep. and that's, yeah, that it was, you know, I don't want to say. I just want to be mindful of how much I share. <laughs> quickly, but Everything, everything that could be going wrong to some degree happened. You know, um, my marriage fell apart, um, got divorced. I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, long story short, since I, my husband and I are now remarried to each other, the same husband, <laughs> uh, the divorce didn't take. Um, but so... But at the time, it was really difficult, and a bunch of people close to me got very sick. Some people passed away, and some other um, pretty extreme things happened in my life, and it literally, like, all came in at once. Um, and I remember I was putting my little boys to bed one night, and I was in the house, and I was on my own with my kids, you know, single mom now. Yep. And um, it just this feeling started coming up like a fire, was coming up through my body and I remember just feeling like I'm about to explode you know like it was just so overwhelming and a voice said go paint and Uh I'm like like it was like go paint now or something else is gonna happen right so I had you know I told you I'd had a daycare so I had some little canvases kicking (laughs) around that I do crafts with the kids you know and paint and I did, I, I painted in my kitchen that night and I was shocked at what came out. Um, you know, it was the first piece I would say I ever made in my life that was like truly abstract. And I was like, whoa, you know, and it was so cathartic and all that fire, all those feelings came out into the painting. And uh, I was like, oh, oh, like I hadn't felt that sense of a purge and I don't even know when. Um, and so I ended up sharing the painting with a couple friends, you know, I was like, oh, look what I did 15 years later, right? And I was surprised at the response, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't about anyone saying, oh, that's good, good, you know, that's a pretty painting, right? But, um, I was surprised and, um, I was a part of an online women's group at the time, um, just about, you know, people who were talking about. You know, esoterica and spiritual things that I found interesting, and we would share different different resources and stuff. And I ended up posting the painting on there, and I was really surprised at the response um, that it had. And so I was like, okay. And I just kept going, and <clears throat> it was a really really thick two year period. And I'd put my kids to bed, and I'd paint, and I you know I'd get the the cheap supplies, whatever it was, yep. just to have it on hand. Um, and it was a very cathartic healing time, and uh, yeah. So I kind of was—I wasn't really sharing much. Just it was me. It was my own kind of art therapy, and my sister. <laughs> God, love her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my older sister, uh, huh? without telling me, went and got me a domain name. A <gasps> That's website, awesome. And took one of my um, images and she's like, you're getting business cards. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> so, and I didn't know any of this. So she bought me, you know, ravenseller.com and got all these things set up. And she's like, you're good. this is going to be what you're going to do now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> not that my sister has to tell me. Right. But just, she's like, no, it's like it's time. It's time. You know, this was always your calling. It's time. So. I started sharing more online and on Instagram and God love Instagram. Right. Um, because I have, I wouldn't, I would have had no idea how to share. Right. You know, I, yeah. that, that's another aspect too, because I didn't go to art school. I had had it in my mind that, um, you know, I, like I did, I wasn't given the skills that you would have in art school. be like, okay, this is the process of how you do this. This is how you approach a gallery and, and whatnot. Um, and also this kind of, Voice in the back of my mind of imposter syndrome, <laughs> right? And yep. I don't, apparently, I've heard allegedly lots of artists go through most, this, so yeah, most I'm not unique in that, no, <laughs> most. But feeling like, okay, you know, would I be seen as just a hobbyist, or you know, this is, and and not that that would anything wrong with that um, by any means, but oh, I didn't go to art school, so this isn't, I'm not legitimate or yeah. or anything. So the you know, social media was a big help for sure, and getting my art out there, and then, you know, life kind of, every, that period of time was two years that were really difficult, were probably the best years, in a way, of of my life so far, because it just stripped me down so much, that I, in my own way, have found out how to become that wild woman, if that makes sense.
0: Makes total you know, sense.
1: yeah. And um, it just, every, every, um, how do I put it, constraint I had put on myself that wasn't authentic to who I was just fell away. Some of it tore away. <laughs>
0: Some of it was
1: pretty painful. Yeah? Um, and, uh, yeah, And and my art, even from that time, has changed quite a bit, so... Long story short, my my partner and I ended up reconciling, and it's amazing. That was, like, that divorce was the best thing that ever happened to our relationship. Yeah. Uh, We've been together since we were 21, so we're coming up on 20 years here, and and it's like, okay, all right, well, we did that. Got that off the list, right? Um, Yeah, and then something shifted is, like, we're – my art was very cathartic and, and releasing what I needed to release and then to the point where I almost felt like if I'm like a conduit, of like a, a pipe, I cleaned out my vessel, <clears throat> excuse me, and then what started coming through after that, especially around early 2020, it really started to change, was, how do I put it? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm quite sensitive to energies and, and I, I see Right, I yeah. see in a way that someone might consider it like third eye seeing. Yeah, um, I'm, you know, I can be quite clairvoyant and clairaudient at times. And my art shifted from clearing out what I need to clear out to now being told what to do. If that
0: makes sense, makes perfect sense. Um, the um, okay, it's the, like a color. Like I'll
1: be <laughs> I'll be standing at the kitchen sink, and suddenly I hear, "Go make a painting. It needs to be called this. Grab these colors." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> I'm listening and I and you know, that's what I do. And it's yeah, so it's it's really kind of changed in that way. Um I don't do a lot of commission work, but when I do I do um soul essence paintings for people. Yeah. I guess that's what you could call it. Yep. Um and yeah, it's just yeah, it's and it's it's been a really unbelievable last few years. Um like, I can't, I have moments where I'm like, how is this my life? How is this, how is this a career? Like, holy crap, how did this happen, <laughs> right? You know, I was able to close the daycare um, that I had so I could be home with my kids and I'm still able to be home with my kids. And, you know, I got in, i am been at the Katani Center for the last year or over a year in one of their studios, which has been unbelievable. And the energy there is, yeah.
0: Right, I lived there it's, for five it's years.
1: pretty mighty and pretty inspiring. Um, oh, I, yeah,
0: did you know I lived there for five years?
1: I, I didn't until I listened to one of the podcasts you had where you talked about that. And I was like, and there's some of the things you shared. And I'm like, oh, I picked up all that.
0: So do you know that Sveva sat in the in the bottom floor, that one painting with the music notes? And she listened to Peter, who lived upstairs, who played music. And that's, she painted what she saw, she heard.
1: Wow. Oh, I got
0: goosebumps. That's incredible. Yeah, and and that same thing, right? We all, and it's really funny as we're bringing this together because we're going to do a series on stories of the house because all my friends all lived in the house. Okay, do you want me to really freak you out right now? Oh, go for it. (laughs) Okay, my husband and I got divorced and got remarried. Our divorce didn't stick.
1: Shut the front door. Yeah.
0: I took Oh my god. I took off cuz I had the same, you know, tried to do the young mom live in the small town, yeah. tried to do. And one day I just woke up. I go, I can't do this anymore. I was so I I, I don't know if it was sad. It was <laughs> I just couldn't carry the the weight of what it was whatever it was. And I'm I'm as well as seer. My grandmother mm-hmm. was a Ukrainian gypsy seer, fortune teller. So I see mm-hmm. and, and Right, and anyway,
1: I I just say one thing really quick. Yeah, do it. My ancestry is Hungarian Roma.
0: Oh no way! See, you are a sunflower (laughs) girl. You're a sunflower. But that's what's (laughs) and the it's really funny. And so I took off here, started the murals because I knew how to get grants and I knew how to teach, and that's what I did. And it was I went through some interesting periods as well because I ended up working in merit and country music and fell off the rails because it got too big and. What I never got rid of, you know, you can surface and corporate and do all that and travel the world, and then one day it crashed. My dad died. My husband and I had been divorced. My good cousin, like my friend, he was like my brother, but my cousin type thing, got killed by a Cape Buffalo. And it was just oh like, my gosh. I was painting this Fava mural. All of it came to a big, ugly bang. And uh, yeah, so I get what you're saying 100%. And now yes. I'm an abstract painter. I use a torch, and what encaustics and, and wax, and I let whatever that being that connects us all—that light—speak.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Oh, i yeah. Oh, I just am so loving this conversation.
0: Right? It's like I feel like I know <laughs> you <so> forever.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's it's, it's, it's like if I equate it to like that breakdown to crack open. That's what that time was for yeah. me. Like it's, yeah. it, yeah. It it was like. Yeah, and it and it just cracked cracked me open, like cracked open this my heart in a way that I thought I was a loving person, a loving mother, you know, yep. good wife, good yep. friend, all these things and not that I wasn't, but it wasn't um I didn't realize how inauthentic I still was yeah. even if that if that yep. makes sense, you know, and it's not that I was being fake, but I wasn't being all the way me. And it's, yeah, it's unbelievable, unbelievable, what happens when you really just become that wild woman, I guess, is the way to put it, um, yeah, and it's, you know, and it's, yeah, I don't know where I was going to go with No, that.
0: I'm loving what you're saying, because I, same thing, it was like you, the expectations of generations, you know, of what women's role is, and, and I wanted to be the good mother, the good daughter, and at the end, I didn't have a good me, because me hadn't, been able to be the wild child i always go little girls bare feet in mud puddles then you're on your bike and then all of a sudden you are like chains like if i was to paint it the expectations can be and, and i i mean watching my own daughter grow and she's a force to be reckoned with and now she's got three kids and you can get lost in the love of the responsibility that we can't lose you just can't. And so now I have a three-year-old granddaughter who is a wild child. We have to teach our boys and our girls and whatever's in the middle of all of that that you can't domesticate us, any of us.
1: No, no, no absolutely not, you know. And I think, too, like I, I, I feel like and maybe it's going to be different now, but in our the Western culture, there's not enough rite of passage, honor, in adolescence, I think, too. And that's where a lot of us lose our wild child, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, at least that was my experience. Well, maybe I was a little bit more contained earlier on because of circumstances in my childhood. But but I think about, you know, had had we lived in a culture where, you know, there's more community and more focus on not just the logistics of the changes in adolescence, But the emotional aspect, you know, there's something that happens, at least for me, when I went from being this free little girl to suddenly I was, my body was changing and people like adult men were noticing. Yeah. And, and I was still this wild little girl who wanted to be covered in mud riding my bike and, you know, like be free. And, but like my, like say my you know, my mentality and my maturity wasn't matching my body. And no one talked to me about that, you know, and not, not, not because I didn't have good people around me. It's just not something in our culture. And and I, I just started to go further in and further in. And there's other circumstances that cause that as well, you know. But I think there's just, there's just not as much of a rite of passage time or an honouring of the time or you know, um, of these phases of life and, and maybe there is more now, but, but that emotional support that's needed to go with it. Um, I don't know if I'm kind of getting off.
0: No, I'm really understanding actually. No, again, it's um, no, no, I'm, I'm hearing you loud and I appreciate it because that was the same for me. It almost was like, um, your body matured out a way in times in small communities where finding a husband and that next step was almost pushed as a solution economically as well like here you know Mm -hmm. get married have kids get out of our house because we can't afford you anymore not that they really meant it (laughs) you know but you I believe it was an adultification I mean my generation before yours and I had kids it was like it still is hard and I think because girls mature so early people forget they're still like I remember feeling shame they're still girls I was playing Barbie dolls (laughs) at 13 and then ended up in a in a adult Uh, relationship because my parents were entrepreneurs and really busy and went from a child to a woman way too early Mm -hmm. and lost that. You know, my mom had a child. So I was like, you become the wife. And it's really interesting that you're saying that because I'm wondering how many um, young people leave because they don't have a place of childhood longer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, and I think, in a way, what we were talking about a little bit before the call, before we started the podcast, Mm -hmm. it all kind of, you know, comes together, honoring what these kids need now, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I have a dream, Raven. I have a dream (laughs) one day because I have this Wayfinder program because I believe we're all Wayfinders. I mean, I understand school is good for some people, but I don't believe institutions are good for anybody. I don't, no, and I believe I, I believe community is important, and I see a Wayfinder School. That's a giant farm that you know you you can go. Like seniors need a place, senior homes. What a horrible thing! Yeah, you oh. know all of it. Another
1: thing about our, that's another thing about our culture. You know, in other cultures, it, it, this, like the
0: seniors stay with the, like all the generations live together, and mm-hmm. we're like, I oh. Yeah, anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> I think you and I, this is, for anybody who's listening, this is what happens on scaffolding when two women are painting because we really are the natural teachers. It's like, I was actually talking to A.J. Jagger, who I know you know well, today yeah. for coffee this morning. She was in Vancouver, and we're talking about how we can expand the Sunflower Project because, you know, people look at it, oh, you know, is it another trail? Is it a mural project? No, it is a bunch of Wayfinder Men and women of all generations coming together using their creative power and their creative resources. Like, you know, if you've got a resource of how to get into articles and if you know how to balance this and you knew how to write a grant, if we come together, that's an economy. Mm-hmm. Right? And we support each other. And and you know, you it's a shared economy that I call the Sunflower Project because the Sunflowers created an economy for all of our ancestors, and it can again. I'm just saying, art is a sunflower, and art is I the renewal, that. right? And let's make sure it goes yeah. back to the people, and our our kids are trained through painting pictures. Learn like learn math while you're painting a picture, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and
1: that's that's you know I I said to you earlier that I I homeschool my children and. That's an aspect of what we do. Where you know, my my youngest, my he's his art blows my mind. The kid can draw better than me, like right? Yeah, like I, I, like I'm not I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not biased. No, I
0: people. hear you. I'm like
1: other other people are like, holy crow! Like I have friends who are professional artists and adults, and they're like, he can draw um but that's the thing he you know all he wants kind of well oh now looking back on what I said about my child that all he wants to do is draw all day long right And yeah. he gallops around the house comes back to the table draws something gallops away but and he's in this whole world of that he's created for himself but at the same time you know I see how he's he's doing literacy is woven in there and math in different ways. And yep. sometimes we'll do a math lesson while okay, he's drawing and he gets to draw his numbers, you know, his yep. adding and subtracting, but then he gets to turn them into guys and now it's a whole scene and there's stars and a ship's coming in and <laughs> the number four is marching towards him, you know, and but I'm like, he's learning. And, and we, yeah, it's amazing. And, and what he's absorbing, but he's still getting to do what he loves and he's so engaged because he's getting to still do what he loves.
0: I think it's the right? anxiety that's in the institutions, though, because I have a an older grandson who's 10, and, like, so I bought a Wacom and all this animation program, and I'm, like, that, you know, trying to do this other side. He walks in, and he's like, okay, Grandma, turn it on, and he builds a full-on animation, and he's never touched it before in his life.
1: Amazing. Like I said, these kids blow my mind.
0: <laughs> well, it's because they see, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. They... Like Raven, we know they—they they see what the jobs that they're going to do. We can't see yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's that's the thing too. You know, when they, when my kids tell me who they are, I believe them. Yeah, I really do. Like I, and I, and you know, like if like that little girl who I said I wanted to be a zebra, right? everybody good. laughed at me. I meant it, and I still some part of me because I think it was that wildness right yeah and that wanting to be untamed and and so when my boys I mean yeah they just blow me away and these kids like we got to keep them wild we have to these next this next generation like that's yes. a part of what's missing in our world I really believe and like kind of the Okay,
0: I'm going off. sorry. No, no, I, I. Are you watching? <laughs> I'm not even talking. No, about no, art. it's it's so true. <laughs> Keeping them feral is important, because. Yeah. Do you watch 1883? Uh,
1: no, I know. Oh. I know. Is it a, is it a show or a movie?
0: Well, it's a a show based on the the Yellowstone fame of what's going okay. on, and it's the beginning of whatever happened to make that show. But what's profound about it is there's a young woman in the show, and she's feral. She goes from being you know, from overseas and being very brought up as they would have been in that time. And you watch her deconstruct her. She cuts her skirt off. She's, it's most brilliant taking of a woman in the immigrant world that we would have all come from. And I watch my granddaughter and I think of this character in this show and she is on horseback and she's just feral. And it's absolutely brilliant. I highly recommend watching it because it is what is in us that for some reason, I don't know who, what, what the they is, that light gets so snuffed out. I'm very glad for this world that you're light, Raven, because your paintings are incredible. I see them. Thank you. I see them as you, you're just releasing souls all over the place and it's breathtaking.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So we're going to do this again, and we're going to meet as I say, okay, we have a lot of things we could do together in bringing people together. I know.
1: I have a feeling we just even have a lot to talk about.
0: I know, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Hmm. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. And I just had one last thought, you know, we talk about, you know, staying feral, and I... I I think about what would happen if all if all of us could get in touch with that feral side or, or reclaim it how would we how would the environment even be treated how would the animal kingdom be treated Do you, like I, I these are the things I ponder <laughs> you know like, yep. like is that a big piece of 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 what's missing in our in our respect for this planet and how we treat her and yeah like somewhere along the line You know, something happened and we we need to reclaim it. And I just feel like that is the ripple effect that's going to heal humanity in a way.
0: Well, I agree. um, It's I think it's happening, Raven. So magenta, as you know, the color magenta does not exist. And it's the the top chakra, right? mm -hmm. And it's the awakening. (laughs) I just bought this crystal. And my husband had found one and brought it home for me from up north. But this other one, the awakening that's happening, which is what our logo is based on, is... The awakening of people when we connect. Because if you take to that other level of letting that happen, we will see animals as souls. Not as, you know, an animal that is an asset for us to eat. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's in your work what you're doing is you're removing the candy shell and the light that's coming out is that awakening. And you're teaching your children You know, I'm helping with my grandchildren. I think the dinosaurs, again, are dying. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to that whole dinosaur understanding of the economics. Mm -hmm. But I believe the feminine rising, which means men and women equally, but the feminine rising. you, You can see it. And I believe the sunflowers are the eyes of the universe. And if we all look at art and paying tribute to Mother Nature, the goddess, I Mm -hmm. I see it happening, Raven. I believe it's in these children that you and I talked about earlier.
1: I do, too. I do, too. I see it fully, completely. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd like to invite you up, so we'll close this podcast, and we will definitely meet. But I have seven horses on my property. You (sighs) want to? Yeah, so I'm. Oh,
1: I would love to come.
0: (laughs) So I'd like to invite the zebra in the room.
1: (laughs) I would love, oh, can I just
0: go run with them like a zebra? <laughs> yes, my horse, I have horses that love to paint. They pick up the paintbrush and they, we just painted them blue. But honestly, the oh, healing. really? Yeah. The healing of the horses, if you look at the logo, is a footprint.
1: Okay. And a foot. Oh, oh, for, like,
0: sorry, go. Like the, the the Art Root logo. <laughs> so the logo that I use is actually yeah, a pic. yeah Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. No, okay. Really...
0: Yeah, and why that is, is that there's a great book out there about women and horses and why we domesticated the horses to keep ourselves safe. And if we all come together like a herd, there's always a hierarchy that changes. It's not one horse that leads. All horses lead a different time in the herd.
1: That's beautiful. I love that. Oh, I'm just so
0: happy we've met. Now. I am too, because, you know, Art Root Blue and Art Root Radio got its start because I figured we're all blue horses. And if we're all blue oh. horses, we're not one nationality. We are humanity on this planet, Indigenous Blue, and let's work together like a herd. I love that.
1: I love everything about it.
0: Thank I'm, you I'm so much. In. Count me in. You're in. Oh, you're in. Like in my life, it's like, okay, now we're, you know, we're a bunch of feral women running around yeah. chasing kids.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. And it's the way to be. It's so, it's, uh, yeah, there's no getting back. There's no, there's no going back into that box, into that containment ever again
0: no so let's talk again soon thank you I will get um I'll have all our listeners go on a beautiful scavenger hunt to learn lots and lots about your art and you can you night after can you can give me all those details because we didn't even do that yet today
1: no we didn't no I would be happy to thank you so much
0: but thank you and you take care and you and I are going to talk very soon
1: I look forward to it have such a lovely day
0: okay bye zebra okay,
1: bye Aye. <laughs> Root blue, i i yeah. Ay, ay, yeah. Art root blue, ay, i yeah. It's the art ai, and ai, the ai, history ai, connecting ai, all yeah, communities. The water ai, flows ai, through, ai, indigenous yeah, blue. The tides ai, rise ai, and fall, ai, connecting yeah, us all.
0: Water is yeah, life. Here our call the water ai, flows ai, through, ai, indigenous blue.